Well, hello and welcome to Faith Life 365. This is episode number 29. Now, if you have missed past episodes, go back, get caught up with us. Uh, you can do that by going to www.faithlife365.org. Uh, we have video channels on Rumble and YouTube. You just type in Faith Life 365, all one word. Uh, we have a blog on there, a podcast if you prefer to uh, listen. Uh, now, in this episode, we're going to continue to talk about the end times. Are we there yet? Now, let's pray, and we're going to jump right in and get started. Father God, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to read and study your word. Father, open our eyes that we may see and our ears that we may hear. Give us knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of your word today, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, all right. Now, we're going to jump right in. And uh, we're going to start looking at, um, well, I'll tell you what, let's back up just a little bit. So in episode 28, we showed that God's Word was truth. It is truth. Not that it was, it is. And we showed that the prophecy in Daniel chapter 9 of the first 483 years of a 490-year prophecy was totally accurate to the day, to the day. So... When do the final seven years of the 490-year prophecy covering the tribulation period um, and the second coming or the second return of Christ begin? So where does the rapture of the church fit into all of this? Are we currently living in those end times? Are, are we close? I can tell you what, we're closer than we were yesterday, guaranteed. So now let's uh, start by looking at the words of Jesus and Matthew Chapter 24, verses 1 through 15 of the King James Version. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See you not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you not be troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you. You shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. And Matthew chapter 24, verse 36, New Living Translation. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself, only the Father knows. Now, from the time that Jesus spoke these words, men and women have been trying to figure out the exact time that Jesus will return to rapture the church. Many have made predictions of Christ's return. 
Some have falsely claimed to be prophets of God. Some have claimed to be Christ and amassed great uh, cult followings. If you look at uh, Jim Jones, uh, he proclaimed himself Messiah and led a cult group called the People's Temple to uh, Guyana in South America, where men, women, and children in his cult committed mass suicide in 1978. Uh, it was known as the Jonestown Massacre. Uh, David Koresh, leader of the Branch Davidians in Waco, Texas, also claimed to be Christ or the final prophet. Uh, almost everyone, men, women, and children who were following him died uh, when the FBI raided uh, their compound and um, it caught on fire. And that was in 1993. Now, over the years, many more have claimed to be prophets and even Christ. They have predicted dates of the rapture of the church and the second coming, yet none of their predictions have been true or come to pass. Thus, false prophets. Now, I've read books that were written in, in the 1800s, the early 1900s, uh, 1960s and 70s, where the, author, or the authors, um, they were referring to events that were happening during those time periods, and, and they were stating that, you know, these are the signs of the end times. You know, we're living in the end times. Um, and likewise, I've read books in the 1980s uh, up to present time where the end time signs are being pointed out. So now, were all of these authors wrong uh, back in the 1800s, early 1900s, all the way to present? Were they, were they wrong? Well, no, they, they were all really mostly correct in the fact that many things that, that uh, they were seeing and pointing out, you know, absolutely in most cases, do fit the signs of the end times as stated by Jesus and by the Apostle Paul and the prophets. Um, you know, think of Jesus, uh, or even, you know, the Word tells us that um, with God, uh, a thousand years is as a day and a day is as a thousand years. And uh, if you put that into perspective, if you look at a day as a thousand years, and, and uh, we're not getting into that here, but if there's 6,000 roughly years of, to man in this thousand-year reign of Jesus, which is another, another whole topic, uh, the last two days, we'd be in the last two days in the last 2,000 years, uh, if you think of it in those terms, but that's kind of off topic. Let's look at Daniel uh, chapter 9, verse 26 of the New King James Version. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Now, Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 and 2, King James Version. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. So did this happen? Now we know for a fact, by astronomical calculations, by archaeological finds, and by historical documents, that Jesus was crucified on Palm Sunday, March 6, 32 A.D. Now some can dispute it, and that's fine. Uh, you dispute it, but uh, I believe the evidence is firmly there. So the Messiah was cut off. This happened, and I fully, personally, I believe it's proven true to the day. Now, in 70 A.D., Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed by then Roman general Titus, who later became emperor of Rome. Not one stone was left upon another. Now, let's read some excerpts from uh, Church History Magazine, issue 28. 
uh, and pardon my uh, my pronunciations and names here if I mess them up, but Gessius Florus loved money and hated Jews. As a Roman uh, procurator, he ruled Judea, caring little for their religious sensibilities. When tax revenues were low, he seized silver from the temple. Now, as the uproar against him grew in A.D. 66, he sent troops into Jerusalem who massacred 3,600 citizens. Flores' action touched off an explosive rebellion, the first Jewish revolt that had been sizzling for some time. Cestius Callus, the Roman governor of the region, marched from Syria with 20,000 soldiers, and he besieged Jerusalem for six months, yet he failed. He left 6,000 dead Roman soldiers, not to mention weaponry that the Jewish defenders picked up and used. Now, Emperor Nero then sent Vespasian, a decorated general, to quell the Judean rebellion. And he circled in on Jerusalem, but before the coup de grace, Nero died. Vespasian became embroiled in leadership struggle that concluded with the eastern armies calling for him to be emperor. Now, one of his first imperial acts was to appoint his son Titus to conduct the Jewish war. Now, by now, Jerusalem was isolated from the rest of the nation, and factions within the city fought over strategies of defense. As the siege wore on, people began dying from starvation and plague. Meanwhile, the Romans employed new war machines to hurl boulders against the city walls. Battering rams assaulted the fortifications. Jewish defenders fought all day and struggled to rebuild the walls at night. Eventually, the Romans broke through the outer wall, then the second wall, and finally the third wall. Still, the Jews fought, scurrying to the temple as their last line of defense. That was the end for the valiant Jewish defenders and for the temple. Historian Josephus claimed that Titus wanted to preserve the temple, but his soldiers were so angry at their resilient opponents that they burned it and uh, the remaining Jews were slaughtered or sold as slaves. So, again, this is documented history. Uh, No stone was left upon the other. They completely destroyed the temple, tearing the stones down and ripping it apart. The prophecies and the word of Jesus came to pass. The Roman army left no stone upon the other. They destroyed the city of Jerusalem. The word of God is truth. Again, proven truth. So that leaves us with the final seven years of the 490-year prophecy covered in the book of Daniel. Now, the book of Revelation and other books in the Bible, uh, for many, I know this is a very scary topic, you know, but if you're a Christian, it shouldn't be scary at all. I mean, many people hear Revelation, and many people call it Revelations, but it's Revelation of Jesus Christ, and get all tightened up about you can't understand that book. But in, in all reality, uh, this book, this should be comforting when we talk about this in the end times. You should take comfort in the fact that as a Christian, you will not participate in the tribulation. Now, I, I fully understand there's there are different points of view on this topic. There, there's pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation points of view when it comes to the rapture of the church. And I'm not going to get into all the arguments that surround each of these Uh, points of view. Now, I firmly believe the Word of Jesus definitively tells us that we Christians will not be here for the tribulation. So let's, let's look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 36 through 44, and this is English Standard Version. 
But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days, or those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. When two men will be in the field, one will be taken, one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect." Now look at, we're going to read Luke chapter 17, verses 20 through 35. This is the New Living Translation. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there, for the kingdom of God is already among you. Then he said to his disciples, the time is coming when you will long to see the day when the Son of Man returns, but you won't see it. People will tell you, look, there is the Son of Man, or here he is, but don't go out and follow them. For as the lightning flashes and the lights up the sky from one end to the other, so it will be on the day when the Son of Man comes. But first the Son of Man must suffer terribly and be rejected by his generation. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days the people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat in the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating, drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, until the morning Lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, a person out on the deck of a roof must now go down into the house to pack. I'm sorry, they must not go down into the house to pack. A person out in the field must not return home. Remember what happened to Lot's wife? If you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you let your life go, you will save it. That night, two people will be asleep in one bed. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour together at the mill. One will be taken and the other will be left. Now, oftentimes, the rapture of the church is confused with the second coming of Christ and the, the second rapture of those who accepted Jesus during the tribulation period. See, the, the first rapture of the church is a separate event from the second coming and the rapture of those saved during the tribulation period. Now, I firmly believe that Jesus is telling us this very clearly. So what did Jesus tell us? See, first he said, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. Then he said to his disciples, the time is coming when you will long to see the day when the Son of Man returns, but you won't see it. People will tell you, look, there's the Son of Man, or here he is, but don't go out and follow them. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other, so it will be on the day when the Son of Man comes. Uh, Jesus tells us that when the church is raptured, it will be as a flash of lightning in the sky. It will happen in a split second. He said, when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in, in Noah's day. In those days, you see, the people uh, enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up until the time Noah entered the boat and the flood came and destroyed them all. 
and the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business. They were eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building until the morning Lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Jesus tells us that it's, it's just going to be business as usual on earth. Uh, when he returns, um, everybody's going to be just going about their daily business, business as usual, buying, selling, getting married, having parties. But his return is going to be as a flash of lightning in the sky. And let's look at, at what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verses uh, 51 through 53. This is English Standard Version. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable. And we shall be changed, for this perishable body must, be, must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must be put on immortality. And in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, uh, this is uh, English Standard Version. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as, other, as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep, who have already died before us. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of a trumpet of God, or, the, or with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now let's quickly look at the seven-year tribulation and the second coming of Jesus and contrast the two. So when does this final seven-year time period begin? In the book of Daniel, uh, verses 26 and 27, this is the Berean uh, Bible, then, after the 62 weeks of years, the Messiah will be cut off and will have nothing. Then the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood, and until the end there will be war. Desolations have been decreed, and he will confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, that's three and a half years into the seven-year covenant, my words, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of the temple will come the abomination that causes desolation until the decreed destruction is poured out upon him. So verse 26 tells us of the 62 weeks of years, uh, which just takes us up to 483 of the 490 prophesied, the Messiah will be cut off. And that happened when Jesus was crucified. Then the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Now, this refers to the Romans who destroyed Jerusalem in 70 A.D. Now, we know that this happened. The people of the prince who is to come is the Roman Empire. See, the prince who is to come is the Antichrist. So this tells us that the Antichrist will come from the old Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire was a huge area. Um, it, it includes parts of Egypt, of Israel, of Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, uh, Turkey, Greece, Italy, Germany, the United Kingdom, France, Spain, uh, Morocco, 
uh, other current day countries uh, in that region. So to, to kind of give you an idea of the size of the Roman Empire, if we draw a line on a map, uh, or if you go over to your globe or whatever you have there, if you draw a line from Egypt uh, down here over to the United Kingdom up here, it's about the exact same distance as drawing a line from the southern, southern tip of Florida in the United States up to the northwestern corner of Washington State, um, so in the United States. So uh, according to prophecy, uh, it's from this old empire area that the Antichrist will arise. Now, verse 27 tells us that he, referring to the prince who will come, the Antichrist, will confirm a covenant with many for one week. Now, this one week's referring to the final seven-year period of the 490 years of prophecy. So when the Antichrist confirms a covenant between Israel and primarily the Arab countries in the Middle East, and, and Russia may be included in that as well, this will signify the beginning of the last seven years of prophecy. Now, three and a half years into that seven-year covenant, the Antichrist is going to break the seven-year covenant and will put an end to sacrifices because the temple will have been rebuilt, there will be sacrifices going on, and he's going to step in, Now we're going to put an end to that. He will go into the temple and declare himself to be God. And this is the abomination that causes desolation. This final seven-year period is the tribulation period. Now, in the book of Revelation, Jesus revealed to the apostle John the end times. Uh, now, for the sake of time, I can't read all the scriptures. I will cover some of them. So when you have time, go read the book of Revelation and refresh yourself. Uh, get a good study uh, book, a guide to read through to, to gain understanding of it. Don't just write off the book of Revelation as, oh, nobody can understand that. Who, who could figure that out? Because you, you can, and, and it will be open, and God will reveal it to you, and you can gain understanding. So Jesus refers reveals to the Apostle John seven seals, seven trumpets, seven plagues, and seven bowls of God's wrath that are poured out upon the earth. Now, the first seal is a white horse, and this rider had a bow and a crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer. The second seal is a bright red horse, and this rider was permitted to take peace from the earth so that the people would slay one another, and he was given a sword. And the third seal, a black horse, and this rider had a pair of scales in his hand. Now this rider will cause the price of food uh, uh, to increase to the point that you know, one meal will cost uh, one day's wages. Uh, the fourth seal is a pale horse, and its rider's name was Death. And Hades followed him, and they, they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill the sword and with famine and with pestilence and, and, and by wild beasts of the earth. Now the fifth seal... Uh, there was the souls of those slain for the word of God under the altar of heaven. And they were given a white robe and told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. And the sixth seal, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth, and the full moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth, and the sky vanished, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. And the seventh seal... Uh, Revelation 8, uh, verses 1 through 5. When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. Then I saw the seventh angel, or the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. 
and the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth. And there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. Then there are the seven trumpets, uh, Revelations chapter 8, verses 6 through 13. And uh, English Standard says, Now the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to blow them. The first angel blew his trumpet, and there followed, there, there followed hail and fire mixed with blood. And these were thrown upon the earth. And a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all green grass was burned up. The second angel blew his trumpet, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea became blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. The third angel blew his trumpet, and a great star fell from heaven, blazing like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many people died from the water because it had been made bitter. The fourth angel blew his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of the light might be darkened, and a third of the day might be kept from shining, and likewise a third of the night. Then I looked, and I heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead, Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth at the blast of the other trumpets that the three angels are about to blow. Now, I'm, gonna stop, I'm just going to stop reading here. Uh, we have three trumpets to go that are going to be far worse than everything that we've seen so far. Then if we keep reading in Revelation, we find that there are seven more angels with seven plagues and seven bowls of God wrath still to be poured out upon the earth. Now, let's go back to what Jesus said about his returning for the church. So when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days, the people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat and the flood came and destroyed them all. And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, until the morning Lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. When you hear what will be happening during the final seven years of tribulation, does it sound like it's going to be business as usual? Does it sound like it's going to be just another day in the office, another day plowing the field, having banquets, having parties, having weddings? No, it doesn't sound like that at all. There will be death and destruction, murder, violence, earthquakes, fires. A third of the sea becomes blood. A third of the ships uh, destroyed. And that's just the start. It just keeps getting worse. Now, in addition to God's wrath being poured out upon the earth, the Antichrist will be persecuting those who refuse to take his mark and serve him. There will be no business as usual during these times. Not, not as the Bible describes it, not as the Word describes it, not in the days of Noah or in the days of Lot. See, life was normal for everyone until God closed the doors of the ark, and then the rain began to fall, destroying the earth with the flood. The day that Sodom uh, or Lot left Sodom, um, it was suddenly destroyed with fire and brimstone falling from the heavens. But right before that time, 
right up until the rain started falling and the fire and brimstone started falling, it was life as normal. They had no idea. Jesus said, that is how it's going to be right before the church is raptured, right before the church is called away, right before those who have accepted him as their Savior are carried away and taken away into the heavenlies. Now, I really hate to stop here, but unfortunately, uh, that's all for this episode. Uh, please join me in episode 30. We're, we're going to continue to talk about end-time prophecies, and we're going to pick up right here where we left off. I want to thank you for listening uh, and watching, reading. Uh, may God bless you and keep you today and every day as we grow in faith and live the faith life 365 days per year.